Hello and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Sisters in Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness and you're tuned into Mixing It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki and in case you don't know anything about me, I'm a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women in the music and entertainment industry, providing an avenue for them to showcase their talent. Our motto Sisters in Music, together we are stronger. My guest today is a multi-award winning virtuoso pianist, recording artist, educator, and artistic director. She has collaborated with renowned musicians and members of notable orchestras all over the world. Her recordings and live concerts have garnered rave critical acclaim and are broadcast on major stations worldwide. She earned her bachelor's and master's degrees at the Juilliard School, holding full scholarship and teaching fellowship, and her doctoral studies at Columbia University. She is a Steinway artist, NARA's voting member, program chair of Music Educators Association of New Jersey, and an artistic director of Classicals at the Circle series at the Waktung Artist Center. Please join me in welcoming the wonderful, I'm so excited to have her back on the show, Sophia Agronovich. Sophia, welcome. How are you? I am great. I'm so happy to be back and so nice to hear you again and reunite at your show. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, too. We always have so much fun, and we're going to get started right away because I know you have a lot of music that's coming down the pipe. You have a lot of interesting things going on. You've been really busy. Let's talk about your 11th solo album. You have dedicated this to the fabulous composer Mendelssohn. Why did you decide to pick him this time around? Uh, that's a very good question. A couple of years ago, I got addicted to his music. Of course, you know, I knew his music almost as long as I remember myself. Uh, listening to music and a lot of musicians and public and everybody, everybody knows about Felix Mendelssohn. And if they don't just me- mention the wedding march or Midsummer Night's Dream, he's, uh, this is as popular as Beethoven or Mozart as a popular music. But I never studied him in depth because it seemed to me easy and very accessible and so much in sync with, uh, with my feelings. So it, um, it felt like I will not learn anything new. But I I just got so obsessed with the depth of his emotions. And it happened during actually COVID when uh, I did a lot of introspection, as most of us did. And also I was astounded that in all this tragedy and drama and everything what he had inside, he managed to put it in a beautiful, almost classical form in its balance. And basically everything, he had joy of life and great 
gratefulness for living. And this really, really inspired me. And the more I listened, the more, of course, I found in his music, the more nuances. And I just could listen only to him and could play only him. And then I realized that he is not as easy to play as I thought. I mean, technically, even least, you know, if you practice, it seems easy. But just to bring all these dynamics and all this polished sound and this perfect balance and myriads of thoughts together requires a lot of control and skill. I found Mendelssohn music very, very intellectual and interesting. So I chose the program. Some of the pieces are very popular, but some you I never personally heard in concert, especially live. So this uh, pieces demand virtuosic technique of the highest order, and they, of course, are very deeply emotional, and they they just mesmerizing by sound, texture, coloration, uh, ranging from poetic intimacy and serene meditation to tragedy and overwhelming drama. This is my 11th album since 2010, so basically it's almost one year I produce um, very serious uh, work, especially from for romantic era, piano romantic golden age of piano. So I am very excited um, to be releasing it actually on November third, and I already got eight rave reviews. Critics seem to love it, so that's that's very good. I'm very excited about it. Thank you for bringing it up. Well, absolutely, and you should be excited. You have been one of my favorite classical pianist you know we often talk and, and we talk infrequently i think we should talk more but every single time we do talk i'm always telling you how much i am a fan of your playing i mean i'm, I'm in awe of what you've been able to accomplish and you know to now be releasing your 11th album is absolutely incredible and a feat in and of itself and i love the fact that You've called out some distinguishing characteristics about Mendelssohn. Would you add anything else about him in particular that maybe does further distinguish him from other romantic pianists or composers whose works you have previously recorded? Because you've recorded quite a few. I mean, are there any other distinguishing characteristics of the music that you might want to share? This is a very interesting question, a very in-depth question. As I said before, he comes from early Romanticism, but his roots are in classical training and classical philosophy, that everything should be harmonious, balanced, and beautiful in a Greek classical sense, almost like Mozart. He was actually called Mozart of the 19th century because he was a prodigy on a violin like Mozart. And Schumann, who was another great romantic composer and brilliant music critic, wrote of Mendelssohn that he was Mozart of 19th century, the most brilliant musician, the one who most clearly sees through the contradiction of the age and for the first time reconciles them. Right now, I think we need somebody like Mendelssohn who sees everything that's going on in the world and can reconcile it at least emotionally and spiritually and try to help us in uh, everything, with everything that's going on in the world. 
also, uh, he was the grandson of the great philosopher Moses Mendelssohn, who was the model for Lessing's Nathan device, who was embodiment of tolerance in the intolerant world. So that spirit of wow. Mendelssohn's music, we, right, we need it right now really, really badly. And it was very strange that I got addicted to his music, and now when I'm releasing this album, that's actually, I think, what we need right now in terms of art. Anyway, so um, I, I got attracted to him just for that, and it, it was like somehow a clairvoyance that lent me up, up to here. So that's why I love his music. Well, I am excited that you have chosen him. I mean, obviously, right? Everybody is familiar with some of his works. And we're going to talk a little bit about the reason why you chose some of the compositions that you did. But first, we're actually going to play one of the compositions of him that you have included in your album. So the first composition that we are going to play is called Etude Number One. Could you give us a little bit of background or tell us a little bit about this particular composition before we play it for everyone? Mendelssohn wrote three etudes, Opus 104, and also Etude in F minor. So I recorded complete set of etudes, and to my knowledge, uh, there is no set like this uh, yet, so maybe it would be the first one, and it's very good, so I have everything in one album. So, first etude is in B-flat minor, presto, which means very fast. And it's extremely expressive. Etude is, uh, as we know, it's basically an exercise with uh, uh, a lot of musicality and beauty, okay? So, this first etude is, has very tumultuous expression. It's like waves of drama and emotions and with deep bass notes. At the same time, there is lamenting melody, which goes between first fingers of right, left, right, left hand all the time. And the difficulty of this is to maintain those sweeping arpeggios that go through three octaves up and down in the, left, in the right hand, bass note that goes very down on the piano, and maintain the flow of melody with all the phrasing and all the dynamics. And at the same time, the public should not be aware of what's going on technically, and it just we're just listening to this beautiful, beautiful, heartbreaking melody. That's why I love this set so much. Well, it is absolutely beautiful, and as always, you have done a magnificent job on the performance. So we are now going to share this with everyone. This is Etude Number One by Felix Mendelssohn performed by Sofia Agronovic.
again, as I mentioned, such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful performance. I always, I keep going back to, I always love listening to your music. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it a lot. You're welcome very much. Well, let's take a little bit more in-depth look at the album. Why did you choose the particular pieces from Mendelssohn to record? Um, the first piece, which is Fantasia in F-sharp minor, called sometimes Sonata Echo Says, uh, it's in three movements. It's a sonata consisting from three movements. But I love the first movement the best. It's so dramatic. It's so tragic. It's, uh, you know, it's it just, the feeling just goes to your bones. And it's so beautiful at the same time. So despite the drama and everything, Mendelssohn never lost his belief in humanity and beauty and uh, that this this is the most important thing in the world. And uh, this fantasy just uh, just swept me. <laughs> I decided to learn it and record it. Um, second movement is very pretty. It's a dance-like. It's pretty. And third movement is absolutely virtuosic, beautiful, happy, perpetual mobile. It means it goes, goes, gone forever without any stop. And, you know, God forbid you miss one note. It's hard. The texture should be so transparent and light. It's very difficult. And I love this Fantasia. So I recorded this Fantasia. And then I recorded Album Blood, which means Album Leaf, which is the name of the whole album, which is very romantic name. And this is, again, uh, Mendelssohn is like Schubert. Schubert and Mendelssohn, I think, on a par with melodies just being in them naturally. At least it seems so. Everywhere you turn, it's, the melody is so beautiful. It's, it's like they, they're on, on the level of, they, they just hear what God tells them or angels what to sing. And it's impossible not to love that album blood. It's, it's, uh, it's a very simple piece, but the beauty is in perfection of the simplicity, and that's this album leaf. It's also not very often performed for some reason. Everybody plays his songs without words. This is also a song without words, but, it, without words, but it's, um, it's like a separate edition. And then I recorded Variations Serioses. It's called Serious Variations, which is very, very popular. Everybody knows them. It's extremely difficult. Again, a lot of tragedy, drama, beauty. One of my favorites, especially the coda, the ending. It's so beautiful. Then I recorded Caprice. Um, Opus 33, number one, another gem, which is uh, also in mini, mini sonata form, first movement form, complicated and so like myriads of emotions go through in this little piece. And then, of course, four etudes. And then I recorded at the end, very sunny, happy, full of love of life, Ronda Capriccioso, which is actually very popular. And it's one of his most beautiful piano works in which he has the full dynamic range of the piano, expressive contracts, interesting sound fabrics. And he wrote it originally when he was just 15 years old. But then when he was about 21, he added beautiful introduction. And since then, it's one of the favorite pieces um, from, uh, you know, for both public and performance, and of course, it became one of my favorite pieces too. I have very, very interesting combination on this CD. Some of them 
uh, are very well known, some of them not. You know, again, I said music critic club is one of the music critics said that I'm a great tragedian of the piano. <laughs> so that's the first one. <laughs> yes, and I would definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. And you teed up our next composition that we're going to share with everyone so perfectly because it, it does round out the new album. It's called Rondo Capricioso. And we're going to play that for everyone. So this is Rondo Capricioso by Felix Mendelssohn, performed by the lovely Sophia Agronovic.
another magnificent, magnificent recording. I'm so excited for you for this album because I can certainly see why you're getting all of these accolades already. And it's freshly out. It's freshly released. You've had some listening parties and things like that ahead of time. And yeah, it's definitely well-deserved because it is a wonderful, wonderful album. Thank you very, very much, Nikki. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about what's going on in maybe like the next six months or so. Obviously, we have the new album performances. Do you have any performances planned where you're going to be performing the new album? Are you going to be working on any future recordings, things like that? Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of your future plans? I have plans like five years forward, <laughs> and they're very intense. But that's okay. And, uh, we can certainly talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Be- because whenever I play a program or learn a new piece, I always think how to put it on my next album. Because uh, I lost—I wouldn't say I lost 23 years, but uh, I was in a completely different field without piano and stuff. So I'm trying to make up for. 23 years, which musical inactivity, so to say, performance inactivity. I, I still was, uh, you know, playing once in a while. Um, so I'm trying to combine pieces for my next recording right now in my next program. It will not only listening parties for Mendelssohn. And also, it's um, for performing musicians when you play a concert, sometimes it's not very interesting to listen to the music of one composer. So I have to make a program interesting um, for a public. So uh, I'm also playing some other pieces, and I'm recovering um, my favorite Brahms Paganini variations, which I played many, many years ago. So they call it a war force of musicians, <laughs> very, very difficult and beautiful. And of course, I will have Liszt, because Liszt seems to be <laughs> always with me. I'm recovering some other piece and learning some new pieces from my favorite composers. And I'm planning uh, a lot of concerts, but starting a little bit later because I I don't like to repeat pieces. I like to learn new repertoire. I'm planning maybe to, again, go to Europe. It depends on uh, which place. I don't have definite place yet except one, and I'll tell you all about it later, later in the spring. <laughs> and also a lot of like lo- um, local concerts. And that's basically it also I concentrate on teaching because I have like a couple of very brilliant students and I enjoy teaching very much. So that's basically my plans. And also for the future, whenever I play a piece, I'm thinking, okay, which album should we go to next? <laughs> Our Time, I wouldn't say limited, it would be pessimistic, but we should value every minute we have here. So I'm trying to to play something or learn something that is so intense and so all-encompassing that I, I would be able to say everything, what I think and feel and reflect everything that goes on in the world in that particular piece of music at the same time. So... This piece happened to be very difficult, but you know that's I love that's what I love about it. I'm never bored. Let's put it this way. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> overworked, but never, never bored, and that's a good thing. Never bored. <laughs> I love that. Well, 
we're we're all overworked, I think. I know you always keep yourself very, very busy, so I can certainly understand the overworked statement. Definitely can agree with that <laughs> on that front. I definitely understand. Well, this is a great place for us to take a short break here from a word from one of our partners in podcasting. This is Chatting with Nat. We will be right back here on the Sim Radio Network with Mixing It with Nikki Chris. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. And we're back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sim Radio Network and my wonderful guest, Sophia Agronovich. I would like to change gears yet again and just kind of refresh the audience's memory a little bit because you mentioned that you're trying to make up for 23-year gap, if you will, between early start in music, we had a gap, and now you're full steam ahead in music as well. For those of you that don't know, Sophia has been on the show previously, and she is a accomplished coder. So when I say coder, development, coding, writing code, tell us a little bit about that. You know, how did you get into that? Do you miss it? Oh, <laughs> I'm not only a coder. I, used, I was a manager and I was VP at Mary Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Manager. Um, thank yeah, you. it was a full time. I was a main breadwinner. I didn't have a choice. Yeah, I had my little daughter and job just to help family to survive. And I thought, oh, for one year, I'll get some kind of a job. And then I I, um, took a course in computer programming, and I just loved it. And I uh, got a job at MetLife, and I I became, you know, like lead developer there in six months, and I got like a award from MetLife for that. And, And then I thought I would never get back to music, because I really loved programming. I, it was, um, many musicians are very good programmers, but if, to me it was really surprising because I didn't expect that. And I thought, oh, every year they would discover that I'm not a real programmer. I'm actually a musician, which I did put on my resume that I am, you know, graduated Jewish. <laughs> Uh, and they would fire me, but it never happened. They kept promoting me. Then I got this beautiful job at Mary Lynch and kept getting promoted. And I spent 23 years there. <laughs> and I thought I would never, never become a professional musician again. Um, but my teachers, when I just started the job, I taught both to great Sasha Gorodnitsky and Nadia Reisenberg, those icons of uh, romantic school, that she, or piano school. And they told me, never give up keep practicing, keep warming up every single day. And I did it. And I played. And when I came back to music, I was in good shape technically. I just had to recover all these pieces as if I never left. This is kind of a miracle. This is a real miracle. Because usually people, what what they do after um, jewelers or some other, they try and um, it's sometimes it's very unsuccessful because it's very, very difficult. You know, everybody knows what's going on in the music world. And then they get another job. I did completely the opposite, another job. And now 
I'm, I became a musician and a teacher, and I have brilliant students and very good reputation in teaching, as if I never left. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful to my teachers who told me to do so and never lose hope. And hope is everything because that's how influence events, I mean, it's a big word, influence events, but at least for ourselves, we paved the road. And I'm very, very grateful for that. I love that. And I'm so happy that you are back doing music. I mean, I think it's wonderful that you were able to have a full career in one discipline, coding, development, software programmer, things like that, being an executive in a very prestigious company. And now you're back doing the other passion that you have. I think it's wonderful. And I love hearing stories like this because I always go around and tell people, you're never too old to follow your dreams. If something is deep inside you and you're passionate about something, regardless of what it is, go for it. Do it. Do what makes you happy. And, yes, I mean, we all know day jobs. We all have to have day jobs. Lots of us do things where, you know, we have to work to help support our families and things like that. And I think that that's totally okay. But keep following your passion. And I'm so happy that you are now doing that full time. Yes, I'm happy too. Uh, it's funny because um, <laughs> people, people work all their lives to retire and just enjoy life. Uh, so, um, right now I'm kind of, uh, I would say retired, but I'm working harder than ever. I sleep less than when I slept, when I had those production problem calls at night and have, <laughs> I, I'm, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And it would be, uh, forever, forever. And I can have students forever. And, uh, I'm just very, very grateful to have that. Yeah. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Following your dreams. So we're going to chat about interesting collaboration that you did. What inspired you to record Love Serenade with Rupan Sarma? Because this is something different. This is not something that I have heard from you previously. So tell us what inspired this. Um, we did last year, we did collaboration on Mendelssohn Mozart, which had Turkish March and some of Mendelssohn's in it, and it was very, very successful. Even it was played on classical music stations. I had classical critics praising it, which, and everybody loved it. So Rupam said, let's do something again this year. And uh, we picked up the Schubert Serenade, this, this heart-melting, beautiful, simple, but such a nice melody. Everybody loves it, just the melody by itself. And we decided to add instruments like we did last year with those um, for Indian instruments and folk instruments. And also I invited um, Lily Hayden. She's a Grammy winner violinist. And she, um, she suggested Hamid Sayedi, who is a beautiful uh, Iranian santur player. And they're both from the Otil Moon Ensemble which is, com this is a gorgeous ensemble, completely unique, and um, I, I, I really love this, and I enjoy their music a lot. So 
ball recorded the parts for the Schubert, and then, of course, there was a lot of editing and mastering, and also we had um, different players. We had Indian Santur, Bizaronio Chunari, we had sitar, we had sarod, and, of course, piano. Some compositions by Rupam and some additional improvisation on the piano. It came out really, really interesting. Again, I think this has now more popularity and it liked even more than our last year's Mendelssohn-Mozart arrangement. You know, I'm, I'm very, very happy about it, and it's already won a lot of awards. I'm not going to mention which ones, but like it won a lot of awards and a lot of good press. And every time I listen, I discover something else again. <laughs> so we did everything what we could. And every time I listen, it's, oh, we could have done this. Oh, we could have added this instrument. So I think it's completely uh, innovative venue because there are a lot of um, people mix a lot of styles, especially at our century. All kinds of styles are getting mixed because of the communication, because, uh, you know, we meet a lot of people, because of Internet, we can hear it's much easier to um, get exposed to different cultures. But this is completely unique. I never heard classical music, I mean purely classical, combining with Middle Eastern or Indian or everything. It's, it has never been done before. Maybe, maybe jazz, maybe some different folk. But this is not folk, this is classical. So it's like a new, completely, it's growing into a completely new genre. And I'm very, very excited because uh, basically I love romantic music and I record all the romantic repertoire because there is a lot of room for feelings, emotion, improvisation. There is no boundaries in romantic style. And this is perfect romantic style, this improvisation with all these instruments, which are basically very, very romantic instruments. So for me personally, it opens up completely new venue where I can express how I feel and think which sometimes classical music cannot because you still have to abide and have it has to be, uh, you know, it has to be classical. Mm. Uh, so I'm very, very excited by this. And it came, uh, I mean, we didn't plan it. It just happened spontaneously. So um, I, I hope it will continue and will um, try to invite more musicians um, and we will produce more and more music like this. Well, we're going to play this for everyone. This is called Love Serenade by the wonderful Sofia Agronovich and Rupan Sarma featuring from the Grammy Award winning group Opian Moon, Lily Hayden, and Hamid Sayedi.
perfectly romantic and absolutely brilliant. I love that combination and multitude of different instrumentation textures. I think it is very moving and, like you had mentioned, perfectly romantic. And I do hope that you guys do more of these because it is really unique. So different blending of instruments, different blending of genres. And I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Again, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate your feedback well, a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love listening to different things. It's very important to me when I listen to music that I don't get bored. And it's one of the reasons why I – no, I'm serious, because I get, I get bored very easily when I listen to things, especially if I hear the same thing over and over and over again. To me, it's not interesting. Zito. <laughs> yes, that's why I like romantic music. I mean, I love Bach and I like Mozart, but um... – my preference is romantic music, <laughs> and it depends what they hear also. Well, yeah, but composition. I mean, that, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, no, I can certainly see why you gravitate towards that type of music because it is is definitely different. You know, there's a lot of interpretation that can be done, especially when you're performing and if you're rearranging something. So I think it's it's great. It's great. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the end of our time. So before we sign off, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Where can they find you on social media? Where can they learn more about you and maybe your upcoming performances? Everything is on my website. All the links to the social media are on my website and also my concert schedule, and um, everything else, videos, and it's sofiagranovich.com. Um, so that's very simple. Sofia Granovich was one A in the middle to, to make it shorter, <laughs> if it's possible. <laughs> <just one letter. laughs> uh, so you find everything there. Well, wonderful. Well, I would like to thank you for joining me today, my lovely Sofia. It has been an absolute pleasure learning more about your album that has been released already in the beginning of November. The wonderful work with Wu Palm. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to Mixin' It. And please be sure to go out to Sophia's website. Check her out on social media. Go out to Spotify, iTunes, wherever you happen to listen. Bye. Dream, do all that fun stuff, and more importantly, please go see her in person because she is absolutely spectacular, and it will be a show that you will thoroughly enjoy. And on behalf of all of us here at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on mixing it. <laughs>